Hello and welcome, friends, to this week's edition of Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg. We're here on your community radio station, WFMP LP Louisville, broadcasting to you from the historic Hayburn Building at 106.5 FM. But we also live stream to the world. Maybe you're you're headed out of range, out of town. You're going on a summer vacation. God bless you. Well, you can still listen to your favorite friends back home by going to forwardradio.org. You get an internet signal. You can check out our live stream or our archives and catch up on the podcasts of the programs. And we want you to go to forwardradio.org also to become a part of this community. Um, this station was built for the people, by the people. I feel like there's not enough people behind these microphones. We don't want to hear the same old voices all the time. We want you to get in here. Whether it's as a guest on the program, of course, that's always welcome. Whether you want to do a one-time access hour about your issue, your campaign, your community, or whether you want to do a weekly program or a monthly program, we'd love to have you. Go to forwardradio.org and click on Participate. And we also need your contributions, your financial contributions. Sustain us throughout the year. And this is a great community treasure that is a steal and is so affordable at only $20 a day. So if you can chip in 20 bucks today, you could sponsor the whole day's broadcast. Well, on Sustainability Now, what I do is I bring in friends from around the community, some of whom have already had the chance to be on the show, but still have great stuff to talk about, more stuff coming up, and that's what I wanted to do today, was sit down with some friends to talk about the Kentucky Solar Energy Society. I've got Julie Donna and Wallace McMullen here with me in studio. Welcome, friends. Hello. Thank welcome. you. It's great to have you back. I guess I've had you here on with different I've, hats on at different times, right? <laughs> I have talked to you about other issues, such as the drive for 100% renewable energy for our Louisville metro government. That's right. Wallace has been, boy, you've been an activist for renewable energy in our community your whole life, I would imagine. But how long have you been doing this? My <laughs> oh, goodness. At least, at least 12 years. At least 12 years. Wow. And Julie Donna is with Louisville Metro, which yes. is, you know, probably since I first talked to you, undergone some restructuring. Tell us your current position there. Yes, yeah, so I am the sustainability coordinator within our Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability in Louisville Metro. And would you say that the sort of Solar Over Louisville project is, kind of falls within your realm of responsibilities, or is it really a team effort there? It's really a team effort between our team as well as our community partners that we've partnered with. We have the Louisville Sustainability Council right. on board, and right. they have been crucial for both launching this and getting the word out to the community. I will shout out to Mark Donnelly, Nick Johnson, and of course the executive director, Julia Murray, have all really been essential. And of course, Wallace has been very involved from the start when I first started even imagining if we could do a solarized campaign in Louisville. And of course, now that we have a solar installation partner on board, the Solar Energy Solutions Company, they've also been a great partner in getting those installations on the houses, getting those contracts signed and moving everything forward. You mentioned my good friend, Nick Johnson, before we move away, I, update for the public, right? Like Nick has been onboarded with Louisville Sustainability Council. Yes, right? he is now the pro program manager. Yes. So very excited to expand the staff of the Louisville Sustainability Council and Nick will be helping to run their programs. You know, he's been a long time Green Drinks attendee Absolutely. and now he's helping to run the show. I, I love I remember during the pandemic one time Nick was live streaming 
drinking from a bar where he was having a beer while we were all virtually gathering. <laughs> yes, yes. He's very dedicated. Yeah, he, he really had the spirit of green drinks. <laughs> so, Nick, if you're listening, I, you're on my list, man. I got to get you in the studio once you get your feet under you with the Louisville Sustainability Council. And, of course, he worked for the Sierra Club for many years, too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm an active member. He wasn't staff. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but look, guys, the main reason we're here today <laughs> yes. is to hype the fact that the Kentucky Solar Energy Society is going to have a nice annual meeting conference on July 4th. From June Library. 4th. Yes, thank you. June 4th. June 4th. Saturday, June 4th. <laughs> Saturday, June 4th at the Extram Library on the university campus. This is the first time we've tried to have an in-person meeting in three years. Wow. There was this pandemic thing. <laughs> but a solar enthusiast, come one, come all to yeah. the uh, university's Extram Library for our most of the day conference on all things solar. And with Justin's help, we'll run down a little bit some of the content. Sure. You know, we're going to have a greeting by Louisville Mayor. We're going to have a keynote talk from Matt Party Miller, who is the chair of the Kentucky Solar Energy Industries Association. Oh, okay. Hoping to have activists from all over the state, and we're going to have what we think are some excellent presentations for people who are solar enthusiasts. That's and, right. Um, and it's 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, June 4th. Right. It's going to be held at UofL, like Wallace mentioned, at the Ekstrom Library in the basement auditorium, whose name I will not say. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to the basement, go to the auditorium. Uh, and um, it, you can find out more information and register right now on the Kentucky Solar Energy Society's website. Yes. Which if you want to play along at home, you can go to KY. S-E-S dot org. Uh, mm. And do, is there a deadline to register, Wallace? Probably. We haven't set one up. Yeah, we um, so we're actually, if it's an excellent inducement, we're going to offer people a sandwich for lunch. Yay! Free, free lunch. lunch. Um, <laughs> but only are. if you register right. yeah, and give them pre-notice. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we've How got to order the need? food yeah. uh, like five days ahead. <laughs> so. That's right. So don't wait. Go now. It's free. KYSES.org. And you can register uh, yeah. for the June 4th annual meeting, which is... The word annual meeting make it, makes it sound like it's for members only, but that's not the deal at all, right? No, we actually very much welcome people who are interested in solar, people who are solar enthusiasts, people who are thinking about getting a solar installation Students. for themselves. Yeah, sure. Yeah, people who are I mean, maybe, yeah, I just interested in solar. I think that'd be a great. A lot of people have a lot of curiosity about solar now. They're just they're getting a lot of advertisements. They're hearing about solar. They're hearing about Louisville's clean energy goals, and they might be thinking either about solar on their house right now or just solar and what is Louisville's clean energy future. So I think this would be the perfect time for anyone who's even curious to sure. to join in and start learning about the solar market and solar. Uh, what it means for them. So we're going to kick off with an overview of the solar industry in Kentucky and how that's doing. And when you say solar industry, do you mean manufacturing of solar cells? Uh, do you mean installing a solar? Do you mean utilities going solar? What do you mean? We're mostly thinking about the uh, smaller installations, what I would call distributed 
solar installations, um, homeowner scale or small business scale. Okay, okay. Um, there's a modicum, I think, of manufacturing in Kentucky, but not very much. And actually, one of the topics we're going to have is there has been a boom in applications for big industry scale solar applications. Yeah. That probably doesn't affect the ordinary person too much unless you've got farmland that a um, developer wants to rent. And right, right. I do know some people who are in that circumstance. Yeah, yeah. But we're mostly aiming for the enthusiast and the potential interested um, participant. And one of the things we'll provide is uh, tell people about new technologies in solar. Mm -hmm. and even though it seems like solar panels have been around since the first or satellite. Jimmy Carter put them on the roof of the White House, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, those, I think those were water heating yeah, ones. Yeah, solar thermal. Yes. Um, Ronald Reagan but took there, them down. There, there are new technologies. Um, in fact, the University of Louisville's Con Center has some researcher yeah. who's leading the way on that stuff. So I have a presentation on that. We're going to have a presentation on batteries. Now, you know, of course, increasingly, it seems that people are trying to do solar installations with batteries, try to avoid sending electricity back to the grid. But uh, batteries don't just really plug and play. You should not take your leftover car battery and uh, uh. wire it to the output feed <laughs> of some solar panels. You might get an explosion on a strong sunny day. Um, but, you know, some of the very well-packaged and developed battery modules do pretty much plug and play. But yeah. you need to find out about it. My friend Steve Ricketts said he did arrange to wire the output of his solar array through the appropriate connectors to a uh, battery system. And he says, my basement looks like a nuclear power station oh, no. <laughs> with all the wires all over the place. Now, so, that, and that's one thing I think is a common misconception about solar. When we've been talking about solar energy at our Solar Over Louisville workshops, the number one question is, will I now be independent from the grid? Will right. I now be just completely free from lg &E bills? And the answer is no. Uh, solar installation is connected to the grid still you'll still be only producing that energy when the sun is shining and solar uh, batteries are a way to keep that energy and be more independent from the grid so if the grid goes down you can still get that solar but that is a additional cost and it's oh, yeah. not doesn't it's a, a big additional cost and so um it's a, something that you can be thinking about but shouldn't uh, doesn't necessarily have to go with your solar installation. Yeah, it can, it can be added later. And it can be but, added later. But you yeah. should understand that there is at least some complexity to the design. If it's properly, you get a properly designed and installed one, you won't have to pay much attention. And of course, one of the beauties of a solar installation is it usually has no maintenance at all. Right. Uh, once it starts operating, you don't have to do anything except yeah. look at the adjustment to your electric bill. You don't have to get out there and clean the panels every day. <laughs> no, you don't have to do that kind of thing. And, but it's, I, I, and of course, some people now are thinking about electric cars. And um, right. you get a solar system and an electric car, you need some sophisticated software to send the electrons to the proper place. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to ask, circling back to batteries, about, you know, Governor Bashir made a big announcement at the end of the legislative session about a new battery manufacturing facility coming to Kentucky. But that is actually just for electric vehicles, right? This isn't going to help with people who want the, the 
power wall in their own house to be grid off the grid, right? Uh, not yes. to the best of Correct. my knowledge. It's yeah. going to be all uh, automobile industry. Yep. Which yeah. is still a good thing, but... Well, and if you have the right software that you mentioned, some people do conceptualize it as like my car battery is a place I'm sending my solar and storing it. Theoretically, I could maybe take it back at night, but it's advanced. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So those are some of the major topics we're going to try to address. Yeah. And if I've elicited curiosity, we can <laughs> go into a bit deeper. There's yeah. one other thing I do have to mention, unfortunately, and that is... There have been what I would call shady operators who have mm. been advertising extensively. Yeah. I don't know. I've been told I might get sued if I say the precise names. Just be aware. There are a couple of firms that are advertising a lot, and if it sounds like it's too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> One firm says, we'll give you about a $2,000 rebate if you sign up with us. They don't mention the fact they're charging twice the going rate. Ah, right. <laughs> and so, you know, like if it should be a $15,000 system, they'll charge you $30,000 and give you $2,000 back, and right. they get $28,000 for what's approximately $15,000 worth of equipment and services. And then I've seen, uh, like, news clips of horror stories of half the time their installations don't work. Oh, wow. And, um, you know... That's really distressing if people yeah. spent thousands of dollars uh, with a contract with these shady operators, and then the system isn't even connected up so it works. Wow. And, you know, it does take some knowledge to make. And um, a solar system is not just the panels. So that's what everybody sees. But uh, the component called the inverter, which changes direct current electricity to the Alternating current that your house uses is a very important part. Well, it's got to be hooked up right and connected to your breaker panel correctly. Yeah. And a lot of those systems now come with sort of an online dashboard, so you can go in as a consumer and see easily, real-time, how, how much energy your panels are making and look at some of the historical information so that you have a sense of whether they're actually functioning properly and things have been wired correctly, like yeah, you say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. and yeah, on my own home system, I do have uh, such a thing, and it is nice to be able to look on a sunny day and see what the current output of the system is. And also, it's quite lovely sometimes to go back and look at what happened previously. It is. And uh, so I'm grid tied. My home has 18 panels on the roof. We have since 2010. Mm -hmm. And we're grid tied, which means that um, we can actually use an LG&E dashboard to go look at our energy production and consumption uh, in the past and it's not real time, but maybe the same day <laughs> kind of information, oh. right? Uh, and so there's many ways that the consumer, the household, or the business can uh, keep a handle on their solar panels, uh, yeah. even if they're not like technical experts, right? Yeah. yeah. Now that's interesting, uh, Justin. So I uh, bought an adapter from my inverter manufacturer that gives me a nice dashboard. Right, right. But you're saying that uh, you are able to use what LG&E provides yeah, essentially you, free? I'm sure you have an advanced meter. They've been yes, installing yes, them everywhere. Yes, I've, I've got one of those good, uh, smart meters that they want to charge us millions of yeah. dollars for. <laughs> but for free, you could set up an account to go look at the information there. And it's it's 
pretty intuitive to use. Uh, I'm certainly not a technical person, but I can figure that out. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's getting easier to go solar and and have a handle on the systems. But I, w I might want to talk more about it, the solar scams. But uh, let me just reintroduce you quickly. I'm speaking today with uh, Wallace McMullen from the Kentucky Solar Energy Society and Julie Donna from Louisville Metro here to talk about solar over Louisville. And both of them want you to come on out on Saturday, June 4th to the Kentucky Solar Energy Society's annual meeting, 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. at UofL's Ekstrom Library in the Basement Auditorium. You can register right now at kyses.org. And I imagine there's also lots of great resources available for people considering going solar at kyses.org. Dot org. Um, yeah. And in talking about the whole solar scam uh, concept, that's kind of where solar over Louisville can step in and help, right? Because that's the whole point is that you all have done the vetting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. If you hear an advertisement saying that there are free government programs for solar, that is something that we cannot offer. However, that's where solar over Louisville comes in. And that's kind of why we, we launched it so we can make going solar easy for our residents and really cut through the noise, show what is a good solar installer, what is involved in going solar and providing that yeah. education and outreach to the community. Yeah, I'll jump in and say that I do think that the Metro Louisville Sustainability Office did an excellent job of vetting potential installers, uh, chose a very reputable installer who has yeah. all of the proper insurance and certifications and that is definitely worthwhile to consider but of course it makes it easy for the consumer too because right. if someone isn't knowledgeable and you sort of wonder well who's a reputable contractor hey the city has carefully worked through that process and chosen a reputable contractor and, and it comes with a discount. Yes. So, yeah, to go over broadly what Solar Over Louisville is, it's a discount program to provide a easy way for residents to both learn about solar and then go solar, get connected with a reputable installer, and then receive a discount on their solar installation. So and, it can be up to a 19% discount, which is really significant, and we will uh, walk you through that process. And that discount is not taxpayer dollars, right? This is because of bulk purchasing. Yes. Yes, we're utilizing the power of group purchasing. So it's a limited registration window. We're actually accepting enrollments up until June 30th. Oh, I had no idea the deadline's coming up. It's coming up. So you better sign up today. 100%lu.com slash 2040. That's 100% spelled out, P-E-R-C-E-N-T, lu.com slash 2040. And that's because we have a goal for community-wide clean energy by 2040. Right. And this is a major step to get us there. So, okay, help me understand. Who qualifies to go sign up for solar over Louisville? Anyone within the Louisville metro region. So uh, we've actually, since we partnered with the Louisville Sustainability Council, we can have a bigger footprint than just within Jefferson County. Anyone within the Louisville region can uh, sign up for our initial eligibility form. That's right. Like it's a seven-county region or something? Oh, it's the two counties across the river, right? Including Indiana. Wow. Who have net metering, a net metering deadline coming up. So if you are a listener in southern Indiana, now is the perfect time to go solar and you can sign up through our Solar Over Louisville program. Wow. Yeah. So people obviously have figured out that this is a good deal because 
Hundreds of people have signed up. Never been right? seen before in Kentucky. This is we really a historic. We had boom. almost 900 people sign up for Whoa. our initial enrollment form. Yeah, Whoa. so it's we've had a superb turnout. People are really interested. I think a lot of the advertisements around solar have made people uh, be curious, but also we've it's exciting that we've uh, launched this first community wide program for residents and provide an easy way to go solar. And obviously, we of the statewide Kentucky Solar Energy Society, we're hoping this is a boom in people who come to our uh, conference on June 4. And uh, if it produces a boom in memberships, that's great, too. Yeah, Uh, we don't just want people installing solar. We want them involved in our solar outreach and our solar organizations that we have here. So that, you know, I think it's the perfect time to get an installation and and also get involved. And why not a a solar over Paducah, a solar (laughs) over Bowling Green, a solar over Lexington, right? Like, yeah, yeah. we could see this model replicate because it's really just using the power of government to to vet and do a Collective, large-scale purchase, right? Yeah, Yeah. actually, there was a Solarized Lexington program a couple years ago, grouped by again, but they didn't get anywhere near the participation. Maybe it's time to try again. (laughs) Yeah, it was a number of years ago, and I think that there's surely a lot of renewed interest that would make it a very successful program this next time around. And it may be that Louisville has blazed the way, uh, and being the first time the municipal government has actually helped run and advertise the program which was not the case in Lexington and I presume that's why maybe 60 people signed up in Lexington and here we have God, 900. That's 900. amazing. Yeah. We'll be reaching 1,000 pretty shortly, I believe. And, That's our goal. And why not a solar over Kentucky? Couldn't this be a statewide program? It could be. So this is actually the solarized model is fairly common throughout the country. There's other cities and across the um, river in Indiana have used it. Solarized Bloomington has been very successful. Wow. And so uh, this is something that can be very easily done. As Wallace said, you don't need the metro government involved, but we just wanted to ensure that this program was working and uh, available for our residents and something that people can trust. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how the solar industry across the state does now. I mean, this burst of interest in Louisville has to be helpful. Unfortunately, uh, after a 90% decline in the cost of solar installations in the last 10 years. 90%? Uh, yeah. Wow. But in the last few months, the prices have been edging upwards. There's been an unfortunate trade dispute, uh, tariffs lingering from the Trump years um, uh, okay. that is not resolved. Well, the uh, prices of everything are going up, so it's kind of not surprising in a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the solar removal program is great in that they've... Uh, got a locked-in price from the contract. Is that right? Locked in? Wow. Um, at least through June 30th. <laughs> yes. So sign up today. And our initial enrollment form is no obligation. It just signs you up to show that you're interested. And our team will pre-screen your home for solar, look at the roof shading and other just preliminary information. And then if we determine that you're a good, suitable candidate for solar, then we'll pass you on to that solar installer, oh. Solar Energy Solutions, that we vetted and got this locked-in discount count for okay so you said home is it 
homeowners or renters can both apply? It has to be the person, um, the homeowner, homeowner, or someone who has control over what is installed on the building. Okay. But it's also open for small businesses. Okay, small businesses we too. We just opened it up. We are very happy to say that you know we want to benefit our small businesses too. We want them to get the benefits of going solar too. And yeah. it's actually more uh, economical for small businesses to put on a small solar installation on their building because uh, they, they have higher energy prices. Okay. Yeah, they, they have a higher rate for right. electricity yeah. than so homeowners do. It'll right. pay off sooner and it'll be great for their business and it'll be great for our city. And that could be a nonprofit. That's true. Could be a what about a church? Something like that. Yeah. Small okay. yeah, small. As long as you own the building. As long as you own the building and it's a, a relatively small installation. Yeah. No no utility scale, big okay. solar. But uh, we have other programs at Louisville Metro for, for larger commercial installations. That's great. So yeah, we have our EPAD program uh, that is for larger solar installations. So whether you're a small business, a large business, we have ways that you can finance your solar installation and get all those benefits. And you can learn about all of those at 100percentlu.com slash 2040? Yes. Okay. Yes. 100%lu.com in general is our web new website that's a hub for all of our clean energy information. Okay. So uh, let's again hype. If you're interested in these topics, come to the University of Louisville campus Ekstrom Library on June 4th, starting at 1030 in the morning, a gathering of solar enthusiasts to um, talk about all things solar and recent developments, the annual meeting of the Kentucky Solar Energy Society, the first in-person one in three years. I really want to encourage people to come to that. And register in advance if you want a sandwich. K-Y-S-E-S dot org is the place to go to register. What about ground-mounted solar systems? Like, okay, my roof isn't appropriate, but I do own some property that I could do a ground-mounted system or even a garage or something like that, like a, a carport, that kind of thing. Uh, could that be part of the solar overlooking? Yeah, so once we pass you along to our solar installers, Solar Energy Solutions, they will look at your property and your system and see what works for you. Okay. For most people, that is a suitable roof, but there's also possibilities of, like you said, ground mount systems and, and sure. other creative ways to, to work around any limitations. Wow. A carport's often a nice mounting sure. surface for yeah. a solar system. Yeah. Could be great. Okay. The only thing about the ground mounts sometimes are a little bit extra expense because you have to pay for the actual mounting right, hardware, right, and it right. takes a real sturdy post. Sure. You don't want the thing to blow over in a strong wind. Right. Yep. And you may, might conceivably have to bury a cable for right. 100 feet or something. Right. So that's that's a consideration, but um, it's certainly doable. Well, I only mention it because when we put solar on my house, there was room for the 18 panels I mentioned on the roof for electricity, but I also wanted solar hot water, just like Jimmy Carter, and we didn't have room on the roof, so that's when we started talking about, well, why don't we build a pergola over your deck, and then it'll help shade your deck in the summer and give you hot water. And we're like, <gasps> brilliant, never thought of that, right? Because our deck was just fully out in the sun. Why not? Yeah. Um, so there's lots of creative ways you yeah, can kind of go at it, right? you get the benefit of the shade as well as the benefit of solar. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, so the process then is I sign up, I'm pre-vetted, and then I work, I contract directly with Solar Energy Solutions, or do I contract with the city? The contracts are all between Solar Energy Solutions and the customers. Okay. And is there a payment plan or anything like that? They do have financing options available, and that's something that they will talk to you about once you get a initial quote from them. Okay. Before you sign the contract. And can we give people some idea of the costs? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say what a typical system is yeah, because everyone's roof is different, right? different sl- shading, different slopes. But around uh, $15,000 to uh, $20,000 is kind of... Um, I, I come at it differently. Um, it's going to be about $3 a watt. And $3 yes. a watt. Okay. And, and so like, okay, I'm a small user. I use about 300 kilowatt hours a month. I need about a 3,000 kilowatt system. So, well, with a federal tax deduction, it didn't ultimately cost me the $9,000. But that would be a, a rule of thumb. You'd, that'd be the initial amount you're contracting for, and then you do get the tax yeah. uh, rebate th- this year. Yes, that's a great point, because it does also depend on the size of the installation is the bin, how many solar panels you're paying for is a, a big factor. But so we, we're saying around 15,000 to 20,000 for a kind of typical home installation, and that's including the tax credit. Okay. And the tax oh. credit, the federal tax credits this year um, are as high as they are set to be. As of right now, they're set to decrease uh, every year yeah. uh, afterwards. And so, um, again, that's another reason, the perfect time to go solar Don't is wait. now. Yeah, yeah. Well, so another thing I want to help our listeners understand is you don't have to go 100% solar, right? Like we, the size of your system can vary depending on your budget, depending on the space on your roof, and obviously depending on how much you use, right? There's no real yeah. financial incentive, unfortunately, because of the way we've structured our monopolistic utility the, yep. to, to overproduce. Like I, if I produce 200% of what I consume, I'm really just helping the world and doing nothing for my own bank account, right? <laughs> or doing very little for your bank account. Yes, that is the way LG&E has structured the rates. Yeah, they're not going to cut you a check for extra quite consumption. So. But right? there's yeah. nothing wrong with, you know, if, if your average usage is 500 kilowatt hours a month and your solar system produces on average 400 kilowatt hours a month, well, it'll reduce your bill. It won't, yeah. it won't cover it all, but it's still, it's really good. Well, I'll say if you have a low energy use to begin with, that's even better. Even better. That is great. <laughs> so we want we want solar on every roof in Louisville, but we also want people to just be reducing their energy use and reducing their fossil fuel consumption. So that can be from energy efficiency and energy conservation in your home. And also, if you kind of take a look at your home, see what you can do mm. to install some efficient appliances first then you're not going to need as much solar on your roof because you'll be not needing that electricity in the first place so that'll pay off in the long run with energy efficiency as well and energy efficiency and renewable energy are both ways we need to tackle absolutely yeah so i I think i mentioned our keynote speaker is going to be matt party miller who's chair of the kentucky solar energy industry association which has been a very active lobbying group. And I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say on Saturday, yeah. June 4. 
Um, well, let me ask. I just want to quickly reintroduce <laughs> you. We've got plenty of time. We've got 15 minutes left. we got Julie Donna mm-hmm. from Metro Louisville and Wallace McMullen from the Kentucky Solar Energy Society in the studio with me, hyping up their uh, annual meeting coming up on Saturday, June 4th, 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 at Louisville's Ekstrom Library in the Basement Auditorium. You don't have to be there for the full four hours if you don't have that on a Saturday. That's fine. You can pop in however you want. You can register now at kyses.org, and there'll be a free lunch if you do register um so we've been talking a lot about what like from the inst- homeowner wanting to install uh, solar kind of a lot of those details of questions but actually we should also mention that there's a solar 101 class that'll talk about all of that kind of stuff coming up on saturday may 28th right yes at the shawnee branch library at 1 p.m Who's putting that on? Is that that is our Solar Over Louisville team. Oh, awesome! So of course that's Louisville Metro, but in addition the Louisville Sustainability Council, and then our selected solar installation partner, Solar Energy Solutions, will be there as well. Cool. Able to answer any questions that anyone has about solar, okay. going solar on their home, solar in general. We'd also encourage them, any attendee there, to attend the Kentucky Solar Energy Society annual summit Great. shortly yeah. afterwards. And they did invite me to come speak at one of these uh, in-person workshops. I actually thought it was kind of useful to have yeah. someone who was an actual homeowner yeah. who uh, could help answer a couple of the questions we got. Yes. Like when people asked, what about maintenance? Well, I could say yeah. there wasn't any maintenance, but hey, the gutters on the side of my roof that uh, has the solar system it doesn't get plugged up with leaves as much as really? the other gutters do. Wow. <laughs> All right. There's an advantage. It does extend the life of your roof, right? Because it Absolutely. It, it, yeah. it extends yeah. the life of the roof. That's great. Uh, so that is coming up Saturday, May 28th at the Shawnee Library. You don't need to register anything, right? You just show up? You can't, yeah, you can just show up or you can register and just let us know that you'll be attending. And that's also at 100percentlu.com slash 2040. Has all the information about the workshop and a little registration form as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about sort of the political side of things. What happened in the Kentucky legislature these last couple of years with respect to solar that people should know about? Well, was it two sessions ago now? Kentucky used to have a law that said um, if you have a solar system and you send electricity back to the grid, giving free generation capacity to your electric utility, that you could discount that kilowatt hour from your monthly bill. Um, Some of the electric utilities didn't like that, and they lobbied, they spent like $300,000 lobbying the legislature to get that changed. And um, now the Public Service Commission is supposed to evaluate the value that the utility gets from that free generation. And there have been two rate cases dealing with that and um, as I recall, the Kentucky power rate case came out that if you export electricity, you get credit at 7.9 cents a kilowatt hour, and you're charged about 11 cents a kilowatt hour for what you consume. The numbers are similar, but um, not quite as good. With Louisville Gas and Electric, what you export gets valued at 6.9 cents a kilowatt hour, oh. at least theoretically. LGNEs come up with a schema they call instantaneous net metering, where they, on a 24-hour basis, convert that to dollars and not give you kilowatt-hour credit. There's um, 
litigation pending on oh, that. Really? So yes, it's it's it being argued over. Still being argued over. And, I, I think that's quite. part of why batteries are becoming more popular. <laughs> it it <laughs> removes yeah. uh, exporting electricity to the grid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, once you have a solar installation, you can always add a battery later. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, one uh, there was a couple of bills dealing with the burst of large merchant solar yeah. installations. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of applications. There's um, like almost three dozen um, applications. When you say applications, who are they applying to? They apply to what's called the Kentucky Siding Board. Okay. It's Public Service Commission plus a couple of local county folks. Okay, okay. And something like six applications have been approved to construct, but I don't think any of these larger installations have started construction yet. And it takes up a noticeable chunk of farmland when that happens. Yeah. It's about seven acres per megawatt, and the um, applications have ranged from 50 megawatts to up to 200 megawatts. Wow. Wow. So that would be covering a goodly amount of land. Yeah. I know I see one of these version solar installations when I drive north on 65 towards Indianapolis. Yeah. And LG&E is proudly building one out towards Paducah that's going to provide electricity to University of Louisville and KU that's right. in one industry. So that it's interesting that there's this burst in interest in um, a big installations. Uh, this may get boogered up by the tariff problem that uh, I mentioned earlier oh. that currently federal agencies are contemplating, wrestling with, processing. <laughs> well, that might yeah. also, don't you think, spur more domestic manufacturing of solar? I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's so. yeah, it's interesting to see these large-scale solar installations, which is what we really need at the end of the day to replace our coal power plants right. and our fossil fuel plants. But there's also each individual utility-scale solar installation is usually going on farmland, and so there's a lot of local zoning issues that are kind of uh, being dealt with right now for the first time in Kentucky, the, allowing the solar installation yeah. to go through. Yeah. The bills that were introduced in the legislature on this subject did not pass. They, okay. They were talked about in committee and yeah. apparently didn't get any further than that. Okay. But it, I'm sure it's not a dead subject. Yeah. And it's going to be a hot topic at the uh, Kentucky Solar Energy Society's annual summit coming up on June 4th. Sure. Yes, we definitely going to have a presentation on this. Fantastic. Well, when we start talking about larger scale, I start thinking about other sources of renewable energy, too. I mean, the, the neat thing about solar is pretty much any landowner, homeowner, business owner can put some solar on their roof unless it's fully shaded or something particular about the structural engineering of the roof that makes it impossible. Um, whereas most of us can't really put in a hydro system unless you yeah. have like a happen to be right next to a yeah. river right but of course only property owners can go solar with their own property and right. so that's something that we're also trying to help with yeah you know or a big wind turbine not so yeah. practical in the yeah. city but 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 if we want to see a truly sustainable renewable energy future we have to think more broadly than solar right i would agree with that sure yeah. 
And it would be lovely if we did see some um, wind industry uh, here. Interestingly, the best area for wind generation is in the area of the bluegrass horse farms north of uh, Lexington. Oh, uh, yeah. Nobody's built there yet, but on the <laughs> maps of wind potential, is that's that where, where the best peaked? is. Huh. Yeah. And on an a individual building level, I'll say that a great example of using solar on a building and wind energy on a building is the newly constructed La Quinta del Sol Hotel in um, its in Louisville, and it actually used our EPAD program no to finance both their solar and their, it's a it's a micro windmill. Uh, it's kind of a newer technology and wow. really not widely installed yet, but they have 20 windmills as well as 53 solar panels. Where is this? It is um, out east, and uh, they actually, just as of airing, they'll have won the Kilowatt Cup Award from the Louisville Energy Alliance in nice. their annual Kilowatt Crackdown Awards, which is the top honor honor for a building that's really gone above and beyond to be sustainable cool. not with just wow. renewable energy but with all of a lot of energy efficiency improvements on the building as well really tight building envelope efficient appliances and then solar and wind on top that's awesome. hey julie you mentioned they were doing this with possibly help from EPAD financing. Yes. I bet you would like to explain to people who don't know what EPAD financing is. Yeah, I was going to ask. Let's start yes. So you can find information on EPAD on our website, 100percentlu.com slash 2040. But we can also, uh, I'll explain it right here. EPAD financing is a way for commercial uh, buildings to be financing these big energy retrofits, okay. energy efficiency, renewable energy, and even water conservation can be financed oh, really? through this. What does it stand for, EPAD? It stands for Energy Project Assessment District. Okay, okay. And it's also known throughout the country as PACE financing, so you might hear it from that. Uh, we've partnered with Louisville Metro, we've partnered with Energize Kentucky to help run the program, and uh, they sometimes call it PACE fi financing as well, and they host EPAD 101 workshops all huh. the time to help if you are a building owner or a developer or someone who's just interested on the contractor side, uh, we encourage you to go to our website and find out more huh. or contact me. The word district makes me think of like multiple businesses or a whole city block or neighborhood or something, but it's not necessarily that. It's a individual tax assessment district for a single parcel or property oh, okay. but, it, but it's jefferson county wide right yes and and energize one great thing about partnering with energize kentucky for this program is they also run pace programs throughout the state of kentucky so they are a pace partner um all throughout kentucky in every every city in kentucky that has enabled it since that state legislation passed i think i'm going to tell the story pace stands for project assess clean energy development and the way I heard the story is that in order to get PACE through the Kentucky legislature about, oh, seven years ago, okay. um, we were told that the sponsors didn't think anything with the name clean energy would pass the ah. Kentucky legislature. So they changed it from PACE to EPAD, Energy Project Assessed District. But uh, it's okay. the same thing with different yeah. initials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but it's a, a energy improvements, essentially. which yeah. And it's a private loan. It's not a loan from the Louisville Metro government, but we all connect you with that, and it, that tax assessment is enabled from, from Louisville Metro government. 
Do you happen to know how many of these projects are in the works or have been done? We've completed four projects. Oh, We've nice. completed almost $3 million worth of EPAD financing. Wow. And I will say that many more are in the works, and you'll probably hear, be hearing some announcements very soon about it. That's awesome. Well, we should move towards a wrap here. We're running out of time, but I just want to say, like, you both sound really positive about solar. Like, I, it, this seems to be a booming time. It oh. is. Yes, very positive for sure. <laughs> so, if you if you want to be inspired and not depressed, come on out because you know when we talk about like climate change and stuff, it can be really depressing. But this Kentucky Solar Energy Society annual meeting on June fourth is going to be yeah. all about solutions. Maybe since you're familiar with the area, Justin, you should tell people where to park on Saturday, June fourth. No, I'll tell them how to get there on the on bus, bike. Wallace. Or bike or walk. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't drive to the Kentucky Solar Energy Society yeah. annual meeting, unless maybe you have a solar-powered oh. car. Some of us in the community do have those. Ekstrom Library, of course, is right there on Tark Route 2. It's just a block away from Tark Route 4. A few blocks away from uh, where Tark Route 28 or Tark Route 29 will leave you off. And we're a bicycle-friendly university. Got great covered bike parking right there at Ekstrom Library. And uh, there is a Luvelo station right nearby as well. Uh, the, the closest parking is the Speed Art Museum garage is right next to the Ekstrom Library. Uh, and you'll just head down to the basement Chow Auditorium. But yeah, uh, come on out on June 4th. Register at KYSES.org. And I thank you both so much for your time. This has been really inspiring. Thank you so much. Mm, thank I'll, you, Justin. I'll also say that we've already gotten 40 contracts for for solar over Louisville, and we have a goal of 100 contracts. So oh, sign up by wow. June 30th if you're interested and get your house pre-screened for solar. And it, now is the time. Everyone's interested. We've received almost a million dollars invested in solar from the Solar Over Louisville project. Wow. Go to 100percentlou.com slash 2040. Or KYSES.org. <laughs> all right, stay tuned, friends. Coming up in just a second, your community action calendar with all kinds of ideas about how to get engaged in sustainability this very week here on Forward Radio. Down by the Side, we take our time down by the water side. Got no worries, no worries down by the water side. Good Lord, we gone. Set them free, yeah, yeah. Set me free, yeah, yeah. Set me free. And we're rolling on the river. Ooh, child, she's an easy giver, yeah. And we're diving in the lake. And we're back here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, listening to the sweet sounds of Appalachian. And many thanks to them for giving us permission to post their great local music on the archived versions of our programs. All the podcasts that you can find on SoundCloud and they're archived at forwardradio.org. 
You can learn more about them at AppleLatin.com. Well, get your pencils sharpened and your calendars out because this could be your week of action for sustainability. So much going on in our community. Even just on Tuesday, May 24th, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening. First of all... The Design Issues Series 2020 Watershed Touring Exhibit will be at KMAC at 715 West Main Street on Tuesday, 4.30 to 7 p.m. with a panel discussion at 5. Working with community partners, GBBN Architects have studied the state of the tree canopies and watersheds in cities like Louisville, where their U.S. offices are located. They have asked, how does water drain across our cities? Where does it contribute to landslides, flooding, and property damage? damage and how do trees factor into this picture whether it's slowing water's flow or offering other environmental benefits They've sought to understand how these resources are managed, their histories, the protection and comfort they afford, and the communities they leave vulnerable. Their annual Design Issues Series exhibit documents these community partnerships and shares their findings by displaying information about the state of our watershed over large maps of our cities using augmented reality. The exhibit will not only show where our cities are prone to flooding and sewer backups and where our tree canopy is the healthiest, but it will show factors exacerbating those issues and who is most affected by them. The speakers on Tuesday at KMAC at 5 will include Allison Smith, Assistant Director of the Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability at Louisville Metro Government, Ked Stanfield from Louisville Grows, Monica Unseld from Until Justice Data Partners, and the moderator from GGB, GBBN will be Tiffany Broyles Yost, Director of Sustainability and Resilience. There'll be some light refreshments provided. It's free and open to the public on Tuesday, May 24th, 4.30 to 7 p.m. at KMAC on Main Street. And you can learn more at gbbn.com slash news. Now, also on Tuesday evening, May 24th at 6 p.m., there's going to be a public meeting on the possible redesign of Norris Place and Douglas Boulevard, sponsored by Streets for People. Uh, this will be taking place at Bardstown Road Presbyterian Church, 1722 Bardstown Road, right there at Deerwood. Streets for People is proposing a redesign of Norris Place and Douglas Boulevard in the Highlands to calm traffic on the corridor, make the streets safer for residents, kids, cyclists, joggers, pedestrians, and everyone. They'll be hosting this public meeting on the proposed two-way protected bike lane for Norris and Douglas at the Bardstown Road Presbyterian Church on Tuesday at 6 p.m. You can learn more at twitter.com slash streets, the number four peeps, P-E-E-P-S. And also on Tuesday, May 24th, you're going to have to pick one of these at 6 p.m. Uh, the Fraser History Museum, uh, 829 West Main Street, is hoping, hosting a Let's Talk on the Black Six. A police stop in 1968 in Louisville led to outrage, the Louisville Rebellion that took place in the Parkland neighborhood, and the arrests of five black men and one black woman, a group who would come to be known as the Black Six. They were prosecuted and would stand trial on conspiracy charges related to the rebellion, a case that was eventually dismissed. Their story is part of the Frasers West of Ninth. 
Race, Reckoning, and Reconciliation Exhibition. Uh, But how much do you know about it? And how does that history relate to events in our community today with law enforcement, brutality, and suspicion? Well, we'll talk through some of, we'll talk with some of the original members of the Black Six, as well as relatives, about what happened in 1968, how it impacted their lives forever, and the lessons that can be applied today. It's free, though donations are accepted. And you can learn more and get your free tickets at FraserMuseum.org. We're just coming out Tuesday at 6 to 7 p.m. at the Fraser History Museum on Main Street. That's it for Tuesday. Let's move on to Wednesday, May 25th. Uh, there's going to be a Kentucky Students uh, Environmental Coalition Cedar Grove hike out at Bernheim Forest. At 2 p.m., you can join KSEC for this hike through Bernheim's Cedar Grove Corridor. It's a great opportunity to get a more up-close view of the ecosystems that would be impacted if the proposed lg gas pipeline for the Bully Bourbon Factory gets approved. Bernheim staff will be joining us to talk about many of the rare species in the area and answer any questions about the pipeline. You can come out to learn more about this issue, get some fresh air, and Meet other K-Seckers and get more information at kystudentenvironmentalcoalition.org. It's going to be from 2 to 4 on Wednesday the 25th. They're meeting up at Bernheim at the Playco System parking lot right there across from the Visitor Center at 2 o'clock on Wednesday, and it's free. Now, coming up on Friday, I want to invite you all out to the UofL campus. We're going to meet up at the Garden Commons for our annual service berry foraging party at 1 p.m. Bring a pail or Tupperware and get ready to load up on one of the sweetest secrets that's right under our noses right here in Louisville. Service berries, also known as June berries, are native to Kentucky and they are planted all over our fair city as a very common low-maintenance street tree. The fruits are ripe for only about two weeks around June 1st. They're similar to blueberries, but a little bit nutty because the trees are in the almond family. UofL's campus, of course, boasts many loaded service berries, and during this special workshop, we will walk around and visit many of them. You can pick and take home as many as you can, enjoy them fresh, or freeze them for pies and smoothies year-round. Again, we'll be meeting up at the Garden Commons right there at the southwest corner of Strickler Hall. It's right behind the parking garage for the Speed Art Museum. That's where we'll meet at 1 o'clock on Friday the 27th, and we'll go from there. For inspiration, there is a great essay called The Service Berry, An Economy of Abundance, written by the amazing Robin Wall Kimmerer. You can find the link to that and all the information you need at louisville.edu slash sustainability. Hope to see you for the Service Berry Foraging Party on Friday at 1 p.m. Now, also coming up this Friday at 6 p.m., also repeating on June 3rd at 6 p.m., at the Louisville Grows Healthy House at 1641 Portland Avenue, there's going to be a workshop on jamming with wild berries, a make-and-take jam workshop. We'll be walking, picking berries, and then returning to the Louisville Grows Healthy House to make jam together. You'll go home with a jar of delicious jam and a super easy recipe to keep jamming all season long. It's a lot of fun, and your hands will only be stained purple for a couple days, we promise. It's presented by Amanda Fuller of Lots of Food and co-hosted by Louisville Grows. Tickets are on a sliding scale. Capacity is limited to 15 participants for each of the dates, May 27th and June 3rd. So register soon at louisvillelotsoffood.com 
And again, it's 6 to 8 p.m. at the Louisville Grows Healthy House on Friday the 27th and again on June 3rd. Now, coming up Saturday, May 28th, as you heard during the interview, there's going to be a Solar Over Louisville enrollment workshop. It's actually starting at 1.30 p.m., just a correction there, at the Shawnee Branch Library, 1.30 p.m. on Saturday the 28th. 3912 West Broadway. Louisville Metro Government and the Louisville Sustainability Council have launched, as you heard, the Solar Over Louisville program, which makes it easy for residents and small businesses in the greater Louisville region to go solar by providing a 12 to 19% bulk purchasing discount on solar installation and connecting participants with the vetted solar installer. Going solar, of course, saves you energy costs, potentially increases your property value, it supports local solar jobs, and it helps Louisville achieve our our 100% clean energy goals. You can join this workshop to learn more about what you need to know before going solar, including the benefits, the costs, and whether your property might be a good fit. You will hear directly from their vetted solar installation partner, Solar Energy Solutions, and you'll be able to ask questions. You can learn more and register for the workshop at 100, the number 100, percent spelled out, lou.com slash 2040. Now, this coming Monday, May 30th, is, of course, Memorial Day, and that means it's time for the Mayor's Hike, Bike, and Paddle. Warm-up events will take place at 8 a.m., and the kickoff for the hiking, the biking, and the paddling is at 9 a.m. You meet up at the Louisville Community Boathouse, 1325 River Road, right there on the Ohio River. You can join us for the Mayor's Memorial Day Hike, Bike, and Paddle event at the Louisville Community Boathouse. The event will feature a 13-mile mass bike ride from the Waterfront Park Boathouse lawn over to Shawnee Park and back. Multiple-length walk options in the Waterfront Park and across the Big Four Bridge are available, and there'll be a paddling route up the river to Beargrass Creek uh, beginning at 8 a.m. The warm-up will include free yoga, Zumba, or Tai Chi. And the hiking, biking, and paddling kicks off at 9 a.m. And it's all about getting out, enjoying nature, and our neighborhoods while participating in physical activity. It's a non-competitive, family-friendly event, and will offer the first 2,000 attendees a free t-shirt. You can get more information at louisvilleky.gov, or just come on out on Monday, May 30th, Memorial Day, uh, starting at 8 a.m. for the warm-up, 9 a.m. at the Community Boathouse there on River Road. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also want to let you know that there is a May Louisville Community Grocery gift card giveaway for new owners going on. If you're not an owner yet of the Louisville Community Grocery, now is the time to join. All new owners joining in May will be entered into a drawing to win a $25 gift card from Flora Kitchenette the vegan kitchenette at 1004 Barrett Avenue. If you've not tried their amazing breakfast and brunch, go get yourself some delicious biscuits and gravy. Join the Louisville Community Grocery. You know, we've been working on this project, a small group of community members since 2015, knowing that the crisis in our urban core of closing of downtown grocery stores and the lack of access to fresh, healthy food for everyone who lives in our urban core has been a real problem that we want to take on through cooperative community ownership of a 
grocery right here in our urban core and we came together in 2015 and we've been exploring the possibility of a cooperative grocery to serve Louisville's urban neighborhoods. What started as this shared belief turned into a mission to open this community-owned grocery store through a cooperative business model. And we've worked with community members, UVL and neighborhood organizations to research potential locations and services for the grocery. We've held community events and begun outreach campaigns to educate the community about cooperatives. Today, we're still working hard towards our goal of opening the store, and we need your help to get there. Individuals, households, and local businesses can all become co-owners of the grocery today. It's just a one-time fee. I've gotten this question a lot. Is it annual? No, it's just one time. You join and you become a member and you help support the store. We need to open the doors to food justice. If you join today, we can open those doors tomorrow. Standard lifetime ownerships cost just $150, and if you have economic barriers to ownership, you can choose to pay in five easy installments. Or if you're a senior, over 65, a youth under 25, if you're unemployed, disabled, or a SNAP or EBT user or otherwise systemically disadvantaged, you can purchase a subsidized Advantage share for one payment of just $25, no question asks, and you get all the same benefits as standard ownership. Learn more, become a member, become a volunteer today at louisvillecommunitygrocery.com. That's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in, and I look forward to being back in your ears again in one week's time, my friends. Be well. Be well.